The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Celebrate the reckless love of God. Is that all you have got? Is that all you can do? Is that all you can give to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? The one whose reckless love is unlimited. We celebrate you, our Father. We recognize that there's none that can compare with you. Oh, what an overwhelming, reckless love of God. We magnify your name. We thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. What a reckless love you have for us. In spite of who we are, in spite of our past and our present, yet your love still comes chasing after us. We are grateful to you, our Father. We celebrate your goodness. We return all the kindness and all the praise and all the worship to you. One more time, just lift up those hands again and just bless him. Hallelujah to God. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. I'd like you to look at somebody to your left for those who are on site. And then if you're at home watching online, if there's somebody by your side, look at the person and just thank God for that person. Thank God for the reckless love God has poured out to that man, to that woman, to that brother, to that sister, to that friend right by your side. Thank God for keeping him. Thank God for keeping her. Thank God for preserving. Thank God for being faithful. Thank God for being caring. Thank God for everything that God has done for that vessel before you. Father, we want to thank you. We just want to give you praise. We want to give you worship. It can never be enough. All the great things you've done for us. And from the depths of our heart, we return all the gratitude and all the worship. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I think, I think I'd like us to just take one or two prayer points before we have our seats. And, and we're going to be praying for the person by your side. Those of you who are home, there's somebody by your side, you can pray for them. Otherwise, you pray for yourself. You know, in, in the book of Job, chapter 42 and verse 10, I'd like us to take a scripture there. The Bible says that Job prayed for his friends. And what happened? The Bible says that God restored his losses. You know, in the course of the week, I've been speaking to some people, and I realized that some people have had some people have had, had, had a lot of losses, either due to COVID, and some have had losses due to different circumstances and different issues of life. There are two dimensions of it I'd like us to pray about. If there's any loss you have encountered or suffered, you're going to ask God for your partner or the friend, or somebody by your side, Father, restore their losses. It may be spiritual, it may be physical, whatever it is, lift up your voice, and I'd like you to just lift up your voice and pray for the person by your side. Lift up your voice. For those of you who are watching online, I'd like you to pray for yourself or pray for the person who is watching by you. Lord, restore our losses. Everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone watching online, everyone who, are, who is here in person, Lord, we are asking today that, Lord, you will restore every loss, every loss due to COVID, 
every loss financial, every loss marital, every loss with respect to career, with respect to peace, with respect to joy. Lord God, you are the God of restoration. Lord, today we're asking restore every loss in the mighty name of Jesus. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. We receive a restoration for everyone in throne of grace under the sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, everything we have lost, the glories we have lost, the joys we have lost, the favors we have lost, we receive restoration today in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that I've lost in ministry, everything we have lost in ministry, everything we've lost as a church, we receive restoration right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Genesis 32 and verse 28, when the man or the angel or whatever or God met with Jacob, he said, no longer. And everyone hearing the sound of my voice, whether you're watching online, whether you're here in person, no more losses. You're going to lift up your voice. You're still praying for the person beside you or person who is with you watching online. Or if you're nobody's watching with you online, pray for yourself. No more losses in the mighty name of Jesus. From today, we declare in our heart, no more losses in our finances. No more losses in our careers. No more losses in ministry. No more losses. We declare today, no more. We declare today, no more. We declare today, no more losses. No more losses. Everywhere that have been shame, everywhere that have been reproach, everywhere that have been pain, we declare no more. Jali kando sotale lasa ikasola basetesh minglado sotolibasa kandila lebo sotia jitalebo sekata we declare no more in the name of Jesus nagalira lebo sotoya ushate zandaliara mangalira basotoliara rabazakataya nengleda basakataliara rabazakataya manglodo bozoko toliara rabaya. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Uh, lastly, you're going to be praying for yourself now. And if I were you, I'm going to do this with everything that I've got. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, time is not going to permit us to read it, but I'll quickly paraphrase chapter 42. It says these people are for a plunder. It says many of them have been holed up in one kind of hole to the other and snared in one form or the other. But it says... Even despite those challenges, it says no one shall restore. In other words, God expects you, whatever circumstance or situation you are in that you do not desire, God expects you to shout, restore. You're going to lift up your voice to God, your Father. What is that area that has been denied you? What is that area that has been in delay mode? What is that area of your life where you're expecting God for quantum magnification of what God expects for you? Declare, restore. Shout this morning, restore. Put it out there in the chat room, restore. Re lift up your voice, declare, restore. Father, we declare restoration for everyone in throne of grace. Everyone under the sound of my voice. Everyone watching online in person we declare restoration restore 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 we receive a restoration of joy restoration of jobs restoration in immigration issues restoration of God in careers in destiny, every destiny stolen, we declare restoration. Kusapahais, Mingalosa, Candilesa, Itale, restore. Mangala Rabazataya, 
Father, we thank you. 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 Everyone under the sound of my voice, watching online or hearing person, I declare over your life, no more losses. No more losses. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything you have lost in the past or in, in the present, everything that belongs to you that have been denied you in the name that's above every name, I declare restoration this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Restoration of careers, restoration of destinies, restoration of marital fortunes, restoration of finances in the mighty name of Jesus, restoration of fruitfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare restoration over throne of grace in the name of Jesus. Declare restore, declare restore, declare restore. So shall it be for everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Our mouth will testify of your goodness in the land of the living. Your great name alone will be praised and glorified. We hallow your name for great are you, Lord. You so greatly to be praised. Thank you, Father. The God that reigns over our fears. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you believe God has restored you this morning, jam those hands together and magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'd like you to turn around to your neighbor say, say to them, you say, look, hey, this me you see is a new me. And this me you see is a different me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because when God begins to do the miracles that he has already spoken concerning me, you begin to wonder how, what has happened to this man. Why? It's a new me. It's a new me. It's a new me. So shall it be for every one of us in Jesus' name. Please, you may have your seats in Jesus' name. I'd like to thank those of you who are watching online. The Lord bless you as well. Fragrance of life, thank you. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. God will restore your fortunes to higher heights of glory in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Quickly, before we go into what I have to share this morning, I'd like to just remind us again what is happening from tomorrow. What is happening from tomorrow? Some people are, <laughs> yeah, we're fasting and we're praying. We're fasting and we're praying. That is because we just need to push a little bit in the place of prayer. The Bible says, you know, this kind cannot go out except by what? By prayer and fasting. So that there are certain things that have to give way only when we do what? When we stay in the place of prayer and fasting. And corporately, we're going to agree together. We're going to be pushing together. We're going to be praying together. We're going to be holding on to the hands of God together. That is why I like to encourage you. I like to challenge you. I like to please appeal to you. Fasting does not kill. It doesn't. So if you have not fasted before, please connect with this. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. Connect with this because I believe God that there's some things that God wants to do this season that will change the trajectory of your life. Every day from tomorrow, we're praying 9 to 10. Except for Fridays, we're going to be meeting Seven o'clock as the usual time. Every day between now, 15 tomorrow to December the 5th. So spend some time to pray. Pray, thank God. Pray for yourself. Pray for the remainder of this year. Pray for 2022. God will do amazing things in your life in 2022. In the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know about, about you, but I'm excited as to what God is about to do. I'm excited. I'm excited. In a couple of times when God wants to do something in my life, I see the signs. I see the signs. You know, Elijah went up to pray. 
And as he bent down and he was wrestling with God and he was wrestling with God, he, he kept saying, said, said to the servant, please, can you go and check why he was wanting, he waited to see, he wanted to see the signs. And every time I see those signs, it's an indication of what God wants to do. God wants to do a great thing in you. And he will do a great thing for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thought your amen would be louder than that. And you see, one of the things I like to please encourage us because I like us to really pray. I don't like us to go into, you know, sometimes people fast and they do hunger strike. You know, hunger strike is simply where you skip the meal, but you don't take the time to pray. Or if you call it a hunger strike or a slim fast, a slim fast, a slim down fast. In other words, you're just cutting the weights, you know. But you see, for your prayers and your fasting to really be effective, you're going to do what? You're going to spend time to pray. And, and apart, from, apart from the fact that scripture says we should pray always, and I, th I think one of the things that I think that we need, we need to model is that set out for yourself for this season three hours of prayer. I'm not talking about one, two, three. Time zones of prayer. The Bible says of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, he says, as his custom was, he knelt down three times. I'd like you to set a time for yourself in the morning. And set a time in the afternoon. And set a time in the evening. Set a time in the morning. Set a time in the afternoon. And set a time zone in the evening. Where what you're going to be doing is that you're going to pray and fast. You're going to pray and pray. Pray your heart out. Let it not be fasting as usual. Let it not be, let it not be, let it not be David speaking in Psalms 55, I think in verse 17, he says, evening, morning, and noon. How many people knows that in the calendar of God, the day starts with the night? So some of you that are in the night seasons of your life, things look so tough and difficult. It is because God wants to break you forth into the day. So he says, David says in, you know, in Psalms 50, he says, evening and morning and noon, I will do what? He says, I will pray and cry aloud to the one that will hear my voice. May God hear your voice this season in the mighty name of Jesus. So set at that time zones. Now, because you are not eating, it's assumed that for those of you who have one hour lunch break, that's not the time to go to bed and sleep. And because you see, those of us who work from home, you know what we do during lunch break. Either you go and nipple and just take something, you know, in the fridge and eat something, or you just say, let me just take a nap. No napping. No napping. No. That is the time to do or spend time to pray. In the morning, 30 minutes, put in 30 minutes. Afternoon, put in at least 30 minutes. In the evening, put in at least 30 minutes. Def different from the other prayer chains or the regular corporate prayer sections we're going to be having. When men pray, when people pray, things happen. Let's challenge God, friends. Let's challenge God. Let's not do it business as usual. Oh, we're waiting on the Lord. We're doing 21 days. You know, there was a year in the Reading Christian Church ago when our general Vasia called a 100-day fast. Everywhere we went to, you know, in the local language, they would say, we're uh, fasting. Say, why, are your face, why is your face like this? Oh, I'm bowing. I was, that, that's what I was hearing, whether it made sense or it didn't make sense. They say, <laughs> we're fasting. <laughs> we're fasting. We're fasting. You see, it is, it is not to show. It is to do what? It's to impress God on our knees. Let's push. Of course, last but not the least, the last Sunday of this month, let's come to break forth. It's going to be an anointing service. I am believing God for unusual dimensions of breakthroughs. Things never known before. Strongholds will be broken. Territorial chains will give way. Our lives will not be the same again. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you as we go into your word. We ask that God, you give us insight. You give us illumination. Lord, you will not only challenge us, but Lord, you will impress upon us the spirit of prayer. 
that Lord, our lives will not be the same. We pray that this season, oh God, will not be a season like usual. But Father, we're asking, let the breath of heaven, Lord God, impact life, impact change, impact transformation, impact quickening upon us. I declare concerning everyone in throne of grace, none of us shall remain the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Last Sunday, we started up on this topic, prayer changes things. This morning, by the special grace of God, I'm going to be taking it a little bit deeper. Last Sunday, for those who connected with us, we, we, we took our text from the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 32, we read from verse 22 to verse 20, 31. But this morning, I'm, we're not going to be reading the whole of the context of the scriptures. But, but we know the story. A man called Jacob got to a point in his life where he didn't want to run anymore. He was tired and frustrated about the events happening in his life. And he decided to contend with God. He decided to do what to wrestle with God. He decided, he decided to labor in the place of prayer. And the scripture said at the end of the day, he prevailed over God. And he prevailed and God changed his name and said, look, no longer will you be called Jacob or you shall be called Israel. So we see in verse 28 and said, and the man said in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 28, it says, and the man said to him, no longer, your name is no longer Jacob. From now it is Israel. In other words, you are a God wrestler. You have wrestled with God and you have come true. And for those who connected with us last Sunday, we, we talked about the things that Jacob did, which was a type of the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. But, but, but this morning, I want to focus on wrestling. I want to focus on wrestling. Now, as much time as God permits us, we'll wrap it up at some point you know, along the line. To wrestle, the scripture says you're a God wrestler. How, how can a man wrestle God? You can imagine, I, 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 there's no comparison in this, in, 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 within the context of whatever it is you can think of, that you, that you can compare God and man. There's no comparison. I don't know what, who is the smallest child in here. Maybe my son. Can you imagine if he, they say I want to wrestle with him? I would just lift him up and give him back. There's no comparison. But the scripture says that this, this is a God wrestler. Friends, prayer is wrestling. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. To wrestle means that there's a context going on. That's what it means. To, to wrestle means that you're engaged in a fight. To, to wrestle means that, look, hey, there's something that you, 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 you are just not giving up on. You, you are saying to yourself, I've got to hold to God on this. You, you're saying, I, I, I'm not going to let go of this. And there are two dimensions of wrestling. Every believer is involved in two dimensions of wrestling per time. You're either wrestling with God or you're wrestling with the devil. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just back up a bit. I don't want to talk about the devil because the devil is no match for us. Because the Bible says that <laughs> this is the victory that have overcome the world, even your faith. So even God has said it. He says, greater is in you that is in me than he that is in the world. But the truth is that we wrestle, we still, we wrestle against devils. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh nor blood. You know, most times when we read through that scripture, you know what we think? We think, oh, we don't wrestle with human beings. Flesh or blood. And we stop there. So when things are not okay, Lord, I don't wrestle, so let me keep my calm. When things are not working, Lord, no wrestling here. Let's stay. But if you look at scriptures, if you go down, it says, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And he goes on to begin to tell you and I what and what and what we need to take. But I think in verse 18 of that same Ephesians chapter 6, the scripture says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And that is why those who connected on Friday to praying in the spirit, I'm sure you, you, you gained a lot. So we don't wrestle against flesh. But you see, most of the time, what I find people doing is that I find believers wrestling against flesh. Oh, your spouse says something to you, and then you say, you, you give it to me. You give me, I give you. <laughs> so we're practicing the Lord of Moses. Sometimes we'll say, oh, Lord, uh, pastor, you know, he gave me a piece of his mind. That's why I gave her a piece of my mind. No problems. But, but you see, that is not it. That is not it. Somebody steps on your toes. Say, didn't you see my leg there? But they say there are certain things you've got, you've got to understand. We do, in these affairs of life, you don't wrestle against flesh nor blood. You don't get a promotion in your workplace. And then you begin to walk up to your manager and say, how come you didn't promote me here when you've not settled it here yet in the spirit? That's not how they do it. You settle it first. Where? In the spiritual. Why? Because the spiritual controls the physical. It's after you have settled it that you can walk up to your manager and say, hey, manager, you know, I think I deserve this. It's because you have settled it, he'll be open to listening to you. But if he did not settle it, it becomes a different ballgame mentality. So we wrestle against flesh, principalities and powers, and on and on. Friends, the truth is, the truth is, the truth is, it, it, it is a wrestling context every one of us is going through. For some people, you come from a family lineage where you see, you see history of disaster. What are you doing about it? You see things and trends that don't go well. What do you do? What are you doing about it? You see things happening in your family lineage or happening in your home. And what are you doing about it? Are you just folding your hands and saying, oh, 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 okay. No, that is where to do what? Take it to God in your wrestling contest. Listen, friends, prayer is essential for every warfare. It's a warfare. It's a warfare. I told us a story before. One of the organizations that I, I, I moved, I moved, I moved from and to another organization. Moved from one to another. And friend told me the story of how his uncle would dress as if he's going to war. Because it there was, there was a merger and acquisition going on and, and, and some people are going to be laid off and some people are, usually when mergers and acquisition you know, happen or when two organizations come together, some people will be let go because you can't have two financial controllers, you can't have two MDs, you can't have you know, two people you know, have handling one role. So they do what they ask some people to go. So this guy, when he's going to work, he will tie all sorts. And he calls and asks to his uncle, why is it that you, when you're going to work, you tie all this? I don't know what they call them in English. <laughs> but my people call it autobacco. <laughs> Charms. Shigidi. Oh, some of you don't, some of you think that in this environment, they don't have them. You lie. You lie. You lie. Oh, you lie. Everywhere there are territorial spirits. There are territorial principalities and powers. I, I went into an organization where I was volunteering, you know, to get into, into one role. And I saw one, one, one creature out there. And, and I was speaking to the man. And I was talking to him about the thing. And the things he told me, it just made me conclude that there's something about that that makes a whole difference in this business. You gotta, it's a warfare, friends. It's a warfare. It's a warfare. It's a warfare. That is why you find people who are gazers of the moon and gazers of the sun. But friends, our 
Our power and our abilities is not dependent on the natures or the things of life that does not have power as much as the God of the heavens and the earth. Our connection with God is what brings the power out of us and makes tremendous power available for a change in every dimension of life. That is why prayer is a warfare. You wrestle, friends, you wrestle. You wrestle. But that's not the that's not the dimension I want to go. I don't want to talk about the devil. I don't want to talk about him because, but I want to extol the virtues of God. But I want you to understand that in every place, if you want to take control of that territory, you're going to war, a good warfare. You're going to war. Every organization that I've ever entered into before I joined that organization, I take out time to fast and pray because I want to get to the top. But to get to the top, you've got to conquer demons and principalities and powers that be there. Everyone. 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 Even in the dimensions of businesses I begin to, I mean, I, I started entering into. Because I understand the power of warfare. Before I take over those businesses, I do what? I fast and pray. So that I can pull down strongholds and principalities. But every believer must understand you wrestle against the enemy. But the dimension I want to speak to this morning is that we also wrestle with God. We wrestle with God. We wrestle with God. We wrestle with God. Wrestling with God is a different contest entirely. You're saying to God, Lord, but this is the promise you've made concerning me. You're just saying to God, but this is what your word says about me. And you're saying, I am not going to let you go until you do what? A wrestling with God is an opportunity to engage God. That's what prayer is. It's an opportunity to engage him. The scripture says that Jacob was left alone. In, in verse 24 of chapter 32, Jacob was left alone and he did what? He engaged God, listing friends until you pray. You will not be able to invite the presence of God into your affairs. Till you pray. This may never happen. Prayer is an opportunity to engage God. And until your prayer invites the presence of God, things may never change. For Prayer, therefore, to change things in your life. Your prayer has got to invite the presence of God. And that is what his prayer is about. Your prayer has got to invite the presence of God. It's got to invite the presence of God. This man was left alone. If, if you look at scriptures, you realize the Bible says, and a man came and wrestled with him. I think in verse 24. A man came. Jacob was not the one that invited the man. But he was his connection that invited the man. And that's where prayer is. It makes the difference. That's where it makes the difference. That's where it makes the difference. But before that time, look at what happened in the life of Jacob. The scripture says, you know, in, and in reading from verse 22, 23, you know, and on and on up to 24, the scripture says he crossed a river called Jabok. I, I, I don't know how many people say remember the story. Remember that river that he crossed. Okay, let's look at scriptures. Can you give us 20, verse 24, chapter 32? Okay, go back to 22. So he arose then, that night. He took two wives, two female servants, 11 sons, and crossed over the ford. Of what? Now, check the meaning of Jabok. It means to empty. That's what it means in Hebrews. Hebrew. It means to empty. Some other biblical dictionary says it means to pour out yourself. So he came to a river called empty yourself. And what did he do? He sent the wife. He sent the children. He sent all the servants. And the scripture says he was left alone. So what, that means that he practically emptied himself. He practically emptied himself. And he became alone with God. Every prayer that will change things must come from a place of pouring out yourself. 
Every time you are praying, but you still have your own ideas. You know you have not entered Jabok. You've not crossed. Every time you're praying, Lord, Lord, please, can you give me that job? It's okay. Um, Lord, if you don't give it to me, I'll go to Nofris. <laughs> I don't know why I call Nofris, but <laughs> Nofris just entered my mouth. <laughs> but but, but, but do, you, do you know that a couple of times we pray, but we have a plan B? Oh, but I don't know, but I, I, do, I do that a couple of times. Oh, I have plan B. I say, Lord, I'm asking you for this now, but if you don't give it to me, plan B, plan B, plan B. But Jacob had no plan B. There was no ideas. There, there, was, there, was, there was nothing else. He came to report. He, have, he has emptied everything. God wants to bring you and I to a place where we have emptied ourselves of everything for him to encounter us and for us to encounter him. You gotta to come to that place where there's no more plan, nothing else to rely on. A, a couple of times, some of us say, Lord, Lord, please, can you please bless me, bless me, bless me? But we're, we're relying on one brother or one sister or one spouse, or we're relying on the job. If I should ask some people now, do you really trust God for your resources than your organization? You realize that many people trust God for their organization. To pay them than trusting God for the money. But that's not what it's supposed to be. Your reliance must be to, towards God. In fact, it is the greatest folly of foolishness or act of foolishness to trust others or trust things than to trust God. If I make God unhappy when believers trust things than trust him. And that was what happened to one, one king called a, 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 King Asa or Asa. Whatever you want, way you want to pronounce it. Either you say Asa, because there's A that starts it. <laughs> or you say Asa, <laughs> because. Uh, Whatever way do you want to call it? The, the, the scripture says that the, the, this man, I think, I think in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16. Second Chronicles, chapter. If you read the whole verse of scripture, the, 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 King Asa was, was the king of Judah. But you see, another king, king of Israel, came to wage war against him. The traditional thing with kings, especially for people who have knowledge of God, relationship with God, is that they will go to God and say, Lord, please, do I go and fight? That's the traditional thing for people who have a relationship with God. Lord, do I go and fight? But look at what this king did in that passage of scripture. The scripture says he ran to Syria and said to Aram or Syria, hey, please, can you help me? <laughs> Somebody's fighting me. How many times have we been bring, uh, God has brought us through experiences or challenges of life rather than run to God? We are running to people. But, but that is not even only the case. Look at, look at verse 12. You see, when I read through this verse of scripture, the Holy Spirit said to me that many people are in this, in this situation with, with King Gaza. And the 39 year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his foot. In other words, he became sick. And his malady was very severe. Yet, in his sickness, he did not seek the Lord. But he sought physicians. You know that many people are afraid of COVID more than they're afraid of God. Do you, know, do you know that some people believe they believe they believe so much on the fumigation? <laughs> some people don't know what fumigation is. <laughs> A friend said when he took the two doses that have been doubly fumigated. <laughs> the pumped, <laughs> doubly fumigated, you know, with uh, with vaccine. A number of people. I'm not saying we should be reckless, but the question is, where is your trust and your faith? Where is your trust? I remember back in the day, so many years ago, you know, every time I have a headache, the first thing I want to go look for is to look for Panadol. You know, back in the days they called them Panadol. You know, when we those of us who grew up from, you know. Not this environment. You call it Tylenol. <laughs> but we call it Panadol. So, 
Oh, somebody say extra. Some other people have taken it. Every time I had a headache, the first thing, even before I said, Lord, please heal me, I'll go first go and take Panadol. And there are many of us in that situation. Even before you, any small issue about your life, the first thing you do is that you, you, you gravitate towards something else. No, friend. God wants you to come to a place where your dependence is first on him than any other thing. Your dependence first on him. Oh, friends, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with fumigation. If you meet me too, I've been doubly fumigated. But, but you see, that is, that, is, that, is not, that is not where my trust is. My trust is in the God of the heavens and the earth with fumigation or no fumigation. Look, I can... I, 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 let me not go there. That's not where... <laughs> but see, the prayer that changes things, friends, requires us to wrestle. And friends, one of the things that wrestling with God does is that it catches the attention of God. It catches the attention of God. God wants your attention. God wants your attention. When Jacob locked up himself, sent everybody away, emptied himself and became alone, God found that this is a man that is attracting my attention. Every time you wrestle with God, you stay in the place of prayer. You are seeking the attention of God. And God, most times, is found there. And wrestling is not just with God, in terms of catching his attention. It's not the kind of prayer that many of us pray these days. You pray, and then you're walking around, and then something does tint him. Say, uh, Sister John, I'll call you later, I'm praying. <laughs> I, 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 call, I, call somebody, I call somebody one day, I call somebody one day, and then the person sent me back a text message. Pastor, I'll call you, I'm praying. I'll call you back. I'm praying. How did you know I'm, I'm, how did you know I'm calling when you're in a serious business of wrestling? How many people have watched WrestleMania before? I don't, know what, I don't know the kind of wrestling they do now. But in the days we were watching WrestleMania, you can't, you can't, you, you can't, you can't be wrestling a Hulk Hogan or any of those, you know, people in the days you're busy looking around or doing something. No, they will knock you off. It requires attention. It requires 100% focus. Friends, every time you come to God in a place of a wrestling contest, you're going to make up your mind to shut the world off you. And that is why Jesus Christ used to go to the mountain and stay there all alone where there will be no distractions. Too many of us have come to a place where we become so psychedelic in our prayer habits and we think we are wrestling. That is not wrestling. The prayer that will change and change things is a prayer that will, you stay in the presence of God and you shut out everything from you. and say, Lord, it is me and you today because I want a change in my circumstances. It requires attention. It requires attention. It requires a focus, 100% focus on God. And that is the prayer that invites the presence of God. Because every time you give God your 100% of your focus, God says, yes, this son, this daughter is serious for business. Let me come close and see what he's talking about. That is when you engage him. You engage him. It requires, it requires laboring. It requires toiling. It requires holding on to God. It requires saying to God, Lord, I am going to hold on to you. I'm going to demand this change from you. I'm going to do what? The scripture says this poor man cried. One of my very, 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 one scripture that I've turned around my life. And, and there was a time in the season of my life when, when things were not were just sticky. Things were not in the way I expected it. And I bumped into the scripture. It says this poor man cried. In chapter 34 of the book of Psalms, reading from verse 4. He said, and the Lord had him. He said, and delivered him from all of his tears and all of his struggles. He says they looked up to him and their faces were what? Were radiant. And they, they not only were their faces radiant, he said they were never ever covered again with shame. Friends, listen and listen closely. You got to come to a place where you make up your mind. Lord, I'm not letting you go. Lord, I'm not letting you go. 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ, he prayed a little. <clears throat> Lord, if, this, if you will, let this cup pass. Many people think that that was just an ordinary prayer that he prayed. But check scripture rendition. The scripture says that his prayer, he was dropping blood and dropping tears. Have you come to a place where in your demand for a change, sweat is pouring down out of you, even in the, winter, in the cold season? Have you? Have you? When you're groaning, the scripture says groaning, you know, with prayers that can be uttered. Oh, there's a difference, friends. And every time God brings you to that level of prayer, you know that things will shift and change. No, I've been, I've been, I've been in, in some experiences in, in life and, and, and you just want to pray and the only thing that you, you hear saying, mm. <laughs> you know, I, I schooled in a school called Ifed in uni and um, this illustration just came to my mind because Sometimes it's not, it's not, the results don't come by you saying, hmm, ah. There's these three, three, three friends. We call, we, call, we call them prayer machines. No one were in effect. Now there's a place called Sports Center where we, people just go to pray in the night. So every night you hear these three guys. Some of them are my friends. You see, I hear one say, hmm. That one say, ah. Then I say, <coughs> so you, all you all you hear through the night is, mm, ah, uh, 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 mm, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. So, 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 so. <laughs> so one of them is my friend. I a lawyer. I said, but which one is this? Mm, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Is that a prayer language? <laughs> is that a prayer language? He says, he says, he says, the Bible says groanings that can be uttered. <laughs> It's, 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 when this thing takes hold of you, when it takes hold of you, when, when the pains of the things you are going through takes a hold of you, when the challenges of life takes a hold of you and you come before the presence of God, you're saying to God, Lord, this can't continue. When you're saying to God, enough is enough, you don't know when this thing takes a hold. And God must bring you there. He must bring you an idea because that is what changes the hand of God. The Bible says with groanings that can be altered. There's something, you know, in your stomach that, 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 is, that is tearing you apart. But somewhere along the line, you can't even alter it. Makes a world of difference, friends. Makes a world of difference. Let me fast, fast forward. Wrestling with God requires engaging God for blessings. In the case of Jacob, you know what Jacob did? The Bible says that Jacob was engaging God. I thought that what took Jacob to God for that wrestling contest was Esau. That's what I thought. Because if you read through the story from the background, what forced him to go along with God was the fact that he was afraid of his brother. He thought his brother was going to wipe him out. But how come God said, leave me alone? And he said, I'm not going to leave you. I thought he would have said, until you kill Esau. Because Esau was the issue. So the, the, the main context should have been, hey, look, hey, leave me alone. Say, oh, Lord, please, I'm not going to leave you alone until you kill Esau. No, but that was not the context. The context of Jacob's wrestling was he was, was wrestling for a destiny. He was wrestling for a blessing. 
He was wrestling for something that meant much more to him than any other thing. He knew that if God was to cause his hand to rest upon him and change his destiny, it's not only Esau he was going to contend with. He, he, he had contended with Laban. He had contended with so many other experiences in his life. He needed a blessing that would do what? We make his life effortless and his destiny and the destiny of his generation and his children to be forever settled. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice this season, may God settle your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. You must contend for the blessings, friends. You must contend for the blessings. You must contend for the blessings. And listening closely, friends, the blessings you, God has ordained concerning your life is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. Because things want to stop you. So much is at stake. So much is at stake. You want to be a blessing. You want your destiny to be a blessing. You want your children and your, everyone in your lineage to be a blessing. There's so much at stake. There's so much at stake. And because there's so much at stake, you've got to do what? You've got to demand the blessings from the Lord. It is called laboring. It's called laboring. It's called laboring. It's called staying with God and saying, Lord, enough of the challenges in my life. Enough of the situations that I'm going through. Enough of this trait I see in my family. Enough of what I see in the life of my children. Lord, there's got to be a change. It's about destiny. It's about destiny. It's about destiny. Oh, I, I don't want to come live, live over 6,000 kilometers and come here and be the same. I don't. It's about destiny. It's about destiny. Oh, I, I don't want to live over 6,000 kilometers and come here and somebody says they can't hear my accent. Why can't you hear it? Why can't you? You're hearing other accents that are worse than mine. Why can't you hear my own accent? Oh, they've not told you that they can't hear your accent. Oh, some of you. <laughs> you know, some of you were born here. You know, somebody asked one of the attorney general that spoke to us in October that how have you been able to have do people hear your accent? Because there are accents and there are accents. <laughs> there are some that are strong, there are some that are light, there are some that are heavyweight. <laughs> and he says, and, and very profound, he said that a number of minorities have had their own accents normalized. But they have not normalized our own. Why wouldn't you normalize mine? Why? Why? It's about destiny, friends. It's about destiny. So we must change the destiny. How? On our knees, demanding for a change. We must change it. You see, the, 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 the evil you permit, we persist. But until you say no, I was reading a story and, 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 and it just got done on me. The scripture says that, that Paul or Saul in the Bible has gone to take permission to go and kill people in Damascus. Damascus. In the book of Acts of the Apostles. He has taken a permission. And, 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 and as he went, the scripture says that a light shone and stopped him. Do you know what made the difference? What made the difference can be seen in the story of who he was referred to. I'm, time is not going to permit me to go into that theology this morning. But if you look at that scripture, the scripture says that God said to him, go to, I mean, God said to him, look, hey, go and meet one man called Ananias. Before then, the scripture also says that God said to Ananias, look, in a vision. Now, how was he in a vision if he was not praying? My, 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 my sense tells me that, that when he heard that, Ananias heard that hey, Paul was coming to wreak havoc and kill the church here, they, they lifted up prayers before God and said, not in Damascus. So before he entered, they stopped him with their prayers. 
So God could therefore refer him. And that was why it became so easy for Ananias to do what, to step out of the house and go and do something. Friends, in this land where God has placed you and I, we must change the destiny of our generations to come. And it shall be changed in the mighty name of Jesus. They must normalize us in the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes some of us normalize ourselves. You know? I think it was, I can't remember now my day, whether it was 2022 or you know, 2012 or 2013. I went with my wife. I said, hey, since I want to start pastoring, I think I need to go and change my accent so that they can be hearing me. So I went to somewhere in Toronto, downtown. And I said, I booked a session with this man. And he said to me, at the first session, you're going to do, you're going to do some gymnastic. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to show you the example now. He said, you're going to close your eyes. You're going to focus. Don't focus on anything. Keep your mind blank. And then, Anything I say, you are going to say. And he began to say, well, hey. I opened up my eyes and I looked at the man. I said, how does this change my accent? That was the last time I entered that place. I said, before somebody go and invoke, invoke or necessary demon on me, But thank, thank God for our little children who is easy for them to, you know, easily, you know, flow, just flow with the slangs. Thank God. Thank God. But some of us, our tongues are twisted and bent. <laughs> that the more you try to normalize. <laughs> but, but do you know that some cultures, they're not even, there was one, one, let me not call the culture, but there was one guy that was, the English is upside down and the tongue is, and you're just wondering, they don't even care. They don't care. May God make you relevant in this land. So that no matter what it is you do, people will reckon with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. But you see, the truth is that you've got to learn how to wrestle with God. And because when you wrestle with God, it makes a much, it makes so much of a difference. We're going to make wrestle with God for change, for change of destiny. To bring down the blessings of God. The, the truth, friends, is that we wrestle with God to make things happen. We wrestle with God to make things happen. We wrestle with God to make these things happen. You see, most times when we wrestle with God for a blessing, you know what God does? God looks at you and does something else. I think that's the area I'm going to close on. God will help me to explain it a little bit so that I can pass across the right message without making us lose the desire to pray. Sometimes you go to God and say, Lord, please, I, I want you to change my destiny. And God says, okay, I've had you. But let's work on your character first. He said to Abraham, please, Abraham, Lord, please bless me. But there came a time, God said to Abraham in chapter 15 of the book of Genesis. He says, he said, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. He, 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 after the blessings that he poured out upon this change of name he, he gave to Jacob, in, in chapter 35, God said to Jacob, Jacob, now let's work on your character. He said, look, hey, you need to take away all the foreign gods. Take away everything. You need to purify yourself. You need to change this. You need to change that. You need to change this. Every time, friends, we come to God demanding for a blessing. We see what God is interested in. God is interested in working on your character. So you want the blessing? You're going to look at the character. And character is, is, is the big 
anything for God. Because how can God bless a man or a woman who is going to destroy himself? Or, or why will God bless a man or a woman who, who has it where at, at the end of the day those blessings will make a mess of your life? So God therefore focuses on the character. He focuses on your life. He focuses on where you are. He focuses on your personality. And he says, oh, let, let me test him a bit. Let me test her a bit. So oftentimes, when you are praying, and that is the reason why we wrestle more, when you are praying and you're asking God for something concrete, you know what God is saying? God is saying, let's see what he will do now. Let's throw this. So God tests. He tests people. Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, it says, remember, he was talking to the children of Israel. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness. These 40 days, it was supposed to be less than a 40, I mean 40 years. It was supposed to be less than a 40 days journey. But what did God do? God humbled them. He said, to test them. He said, he tested them to prove their character. To prove their character. Humble you and test you to know what is in your heart. Some translation says to know, to prove their character. In other words, you're praying, Lord, please, can you bless me? God is saying, okay, I'll bless you. But let's try you with this. Let's just move you two levels in your workplace. How do you cope with this? And then, if suddenly they moved you to two levels... And you can't pray again in the morning. They call you, nobody can reach you. You were functional in church before. Now you become a yo-yo. Nobody can see you anymore. God will say, you see? You see? He said, they tried him. I mean, tried them. He humbled them. He proved them. There are about three or four things that God will always test. When you're wrestling with him for the blessing, he will test your desires. What is your desire? Do you really desire it? What do you really want? Do you really want this thing? A couple of times, you see, even in playing with children, when my children were growing up, they would say, Daddy, please, can you buy me this toy? The next moment, they say, Daddy, please, can you buy me this toy? Even we adults, do you know that we don't even know what our desires are? I don't want to give this. Uh, let me move on. So God will test our desires. The, the, the second thing is that God will test our priorities. He will test your priority. Is this thing important to you? That is the first thing. How important is it to you? No, the, the second dimension of it is that is it important to the kingdom? Is it important to the kingdom? Is it important? Is it important to you? So oftentimes, when you labor over things that are important to God and important to you, God is quick to handle it. If, if you look at scriptures in the book of Colossians chapter 4, the scripture talks of a man who, who, who spent time to labor in things, wrestle in things that are important to the kingdom. And, and friends, we must take this cue as, as part of the things that we need to labor over. You see, when you are laboring for the blessings, look beyond your immediate blessing. Look beyond and look at the generations and the destinies that are ahead. A man called Epapras. I don't know that that's how they call it. Epapras. Colossians 4 verse 12. Sometimes the Bible have uh, tongue-twisting names. He said, who was one of the servants? Sends his greetings. Look at, at the NIV version of it. He says, he's always wrestling in prayer. Some translation says, laboring fervently in prayer. Now, his own wrestling was, his own wrestling in prayer was so that you and I, you know, the church, you know, in, in Colossians, in Colossus, will stand firm in all the will of God. We'll be matured. We'll be fully assured. That was his laboring. 
That was his wrestling. Friends, when the kingdom business becomes your, your own business, God is quick to do what? To cause change to come. When, 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 when Job took on his friends and began to pray for them, God turned the Lord. When Jacob decided to begin to pray for his destiny and the future of his destiny, the scripture says because he wasn't praying for himself alone anymore, he began to pray the blessings over his generation to come. The scripture says that God turned it around. Listen, friends, every time you take the things of the kingdom into place, it makes the world world of difference. It makes the world of difference. So your priorities matter. The, the third thing, test that God usually does is that God tests your maturity. I'm going to stop here because my time is gone. I need us to pray. God test your maturity. God test your maturity. Many believers are immature, just like little babies. If a baby, a little boy or girl says, Daddy, please, I want, want um, whatever it is they want, granola bar, I want um, chocolate milk, and all of that, and you don't give it to him or her, what they be? Ah, 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 they cry their heart out. <laughs> I have some little cousins. Every time they didn't, they, they, the mom said, look, I'll give it to you later. They cry out. They cry. It's a sign of what? Immaturity. But do you know that many believers are doing the same thing to God? Oh, I'm not talking about the pains, but I'm talking about the attitude. It, it, it will test our maturity. It will test our maturity. He will test some, some women will say, look, hey, Lord, I'm angry with you. I think one, one, one person told me some years back, he said, I'm angry with God. He said, I'm angry with God. <laughs> he will kill you. <laughs> if not for his mercies. How can you be angry with the one that created you? How can you? He said, eh, but I, I deserve it. I deserve I deserve You know, sometimes we come to God thinking that we deserve something of him. The Bible says that even all our righteousness before God is filled in rag. He will test. He will test it. And it's one way, one way to test, test our maturity is patience. What, what will you do if we hold back a bit? What will you do when heaven says, okay, no, we're not going to change this situation unless it was what he or she is going to do. So Abraham asked for a child for 25 years. God held on to see what he will do. In fact, the day I saw this in the scripture, every, every the Bible talks of the king. I don't know how many of you, when you read some of those things, how you, I said, God, he said, God, even David, he said, he said, God said, let me see what you will do. Instead of a king, he said, to see what is in his heart. So he allowed him. May God not allow you to make stupid mistakes. In the mighty name of Jesus. He will test your faith. He will test your faith. Will you walk by your feelings? Or you will walk and trust your father? Will you trust your father? No matter how the chips are down, no matter what the challenges are, will you trust your father and still keep on praying and keep, still keep on wrestling and still keep on holding on and still keep on saying, Lord, I'm going to hold on to you because the more you hold on to him, the more he shapes you into that man, into that woman he wants you to be. I see your life turning around for the better. I see God transforming your character. I see God empowering you to be all that he has ordained for you to become. In the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.